The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transformed their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. And today we have two guests. The first is Cy Wakeman, who will be joining us to discuss a revolutionary new approach to leadership. And then second, we will have Cece Rojas, who is the president and CEO of the Central Exchange in Kansas City, joining us. Both of them will be talking a bit about an event that's going to be coming up in Kansas City on April 30th called the Women's Lyceum. It's an event for business people and business executives, business owners, and so you will be hearing some of the details about that event and why it's so important. But our first guest today, as I mentioned, Cy Wakeman, is going to be a keynote speaker at that event, and she's here today to talk with us about some of the key points she's going to be speaking about at that conference, and whether you attend the conference or not, whether you're located in Kansas City or whether you're located across the country, you will pick up some very important tips from her this morning. So let me tell you a little bit about Sai. As I said, she has this revolutionary new approach to leadership. Instead of working, as so many of us as business owners do, to try to perfect our employees' circumstances so that they can do the best job Sai advocates a reality-based mindset in which employees can become bulletproof to anything and may succeed and deliver results in spite of their circumstances. Her groundbreaking ideas have been featured in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the New York Post, and on shrm.com, which is a very popular HR website. Her podcasts and blogs are favorites and featured on fastcompany.com and forbes.com. She's been honored in, in, in India with the prestigious World HRD Congress Outstanding Leadership Award for her achievements as a global thought leader. And her book, Reality-Based Leadership, Bitch the Drama, Restore Sanity to the Workplace, and Turn Excuses into Results, is receiving rave reviews throughout the country. Her new book, The Reality-Based Rules of the Workplace, is due in spring 2013. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be on the show. Okay, so in your book, Reality, it's about reality-based leadership. Let's just get that right out there on the table. What do you mean by reality-based leadership? What does that mean? You know, that means that leadership tools and strategies that really work and that leaders will really use. I was promoted in healthcare as a leader, and I went and studied leadership, and I found out that so many of the things that uh, people were professing didn't really work in my reality and uh, didn't really call people up to greatness in the way that they needed to be called up to succeed in their current circumstances. So it's a whole methodology to succeed in spite of your circumstances. 
Okay. And when you say in spite of your circumstances, um, I, I, what I'm assuming that you mean there is we hear so much about, in the workplace, we hear so much about I don't have these resources, I don't have those resources, or the deadline isn't, it isn't realistic, um, a number of different things like that. So what you're saying is it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. You figure out a way to get it done. Is that, am I understanding you correctly? You bet. That's really where we add value, right, is um, not in perfect circumstances, but where employees add value today, where leaders add value, is being able to succeed in spite of what's going on. And what I tell leaders and employees a lot is that your circumstances aren't, the reasons you can't succeed, they're the reality in which we must succeed. And that's the competitive advantage, the value that we as employees can add is being able to overcome some of those barriers. And uh, to be honest, so many of the barriers we think we face, the circumstances we think we're in, are really just that, thoughts. They aren't reality. And so uh, one of the things I teach a lot of folks is that, one, suffering is optional, and two, most suffering is self-imposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that goes to your point to a certain extent. That there's a lot of drama in the workplace. And Absolutely. I know one of, one of your quests is to get rid of the drama. In fact, that's part of the subtitle of your book. Absolutely. And, in fact, we did a research study that surprised even us. We found out by surprise that the average person spends two hours a day in drama, walking around going, this is sick and wrong, this shouldn't be happening, this isn't the way, you know, things should be, judging others, gossiping, and all of us are really struggling with making sure we have enough time for our priorities, and we're finding out the reason people go home exhausted from work is not the work, but Mm -hmm. the drama, and most of the drama is self-created. So that was a shocking statistic. So it's all the emotional baggage that you carry home from work that makes you tired. It's not actually the work itself. And from what I'm hearing you say, it sounds like you deal with the circumstances. As you say, they're the reality. What you have to do is change the mindset. And if you can get your arms around changing the mindset, then you'll be able to accomplish anything. Absolutely. And this isn't just you know create a vision board or try and do self-affirmation. It is really seeing the reality of the situation. Let me give you a couple of examples. If I have a boss that calls and has a few questions about something that happened the day before, my reality is that I have a boss who cares enough to call and ask questions. That's not stressful. All I need Mm -hmm. to do is do my best to answer the questions. I add value. All is well if I stick with just the facts. But Mm -hmm. what most people do is they make up a story, my boss is micromanaging, my boss is calling me because they want to find a reason to fire me and shut me down, and this is because they want to outsource my position. And then they make up this entire story that then leads to all this stress. And what I do as a leader, and I teach leaders to do, is just say, what do we know for sure? Right. Well, my boss is on the phone and has a few questions. Great. What could we do next that would add value? I could answer the questions. And helping people question their thinking, really get back to the facts, and conserve all that energy that goes into drama and put it into results is an incredible thing. Results go up, but here's the key. The very thing that improves your results increases your own happiness at work. It really is one and the same. 
Yeah, so, so those are some of the employee beliefs. But it, it cuts both ways. There are, are lots of leadership practices that, that actually are still touted that really don't work and that actually contribute to some of this drama and some of this mindset that I can't get this done, even though these are the circumstances that aren't going to change. So talk to us about some of those leadership practices that really don't work in the workplace. You know, I'll give you um, two examples of some of my favorites, because what I started to do as a leader is I put into practice some of the best practices being touted, and I saw that they didn't work And then, as a behavioral scientist, because I started out life as a therapist, I started to really look at the evidence. So here's number one. Um, a lot of folks are told, keep an open door, and it's all about being approachable and and being available to your employees, but here's what I found in my research, the typical open-door conversation, hey, do you have a minute, lasted 45 minutes. Oh, my gosh. The tip, yeah, the typical conversation was about someone not present, hearsay, speculation, and the typical ending was, please don't do anything. I just wanted you to know, total <laughs> waste, waste of time. And so what I teach leaders to do is when people come in, well, first of all, that open door, I never had anybody come in and tattle on themselves. No one came to my open door to work on themselves. No uh -huh. one said, I think I'm unfit for human consumption. Can you help me? <laughs> Not one person. And so when people come in and they want to tell me about another department that's screwing up and having a horrible day and, and making everyone's life miserable, I teach leaders to ask the important question, what can you do to help? What did you do to help? Stop judging and start helping. Get out there, and instead of critiquing that other department, find a way that you can add value and that you can help them achieve what you're hoping for for them. And that changes the energy from complaining about the department mm -hmm. to go out and helping that department. That's one. You know, another belief that we've gotten into is that as a leader, I need to really treat people fairly. And from a legal standpoint, we need to treat people equitably. We do not need to discriminate based on silly things like someone's, you know, gender or race or mm -hmm. a, um, background. But within a couple of weeks of me being a leader of a new team, someone inevitably came forward and said, Cy, you play favorites. And my response was always, Yes, I do. Do you want to be one? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because there was room for everybody to be my favorite, but it was differentiation that I really preached. If you want to be valued at work, then add a ton of value and step up and be accountable and great at change and willing and say yes often, and then you'll be favored. You'll get great benefits, um, privileges, opportunities. But when people sit back and blame the boss, blame the job, right. what they've done is step down rather than step up right. and then use their circumstances as the reason they couldn't succeed. Right. So, uh, again, it's take your circumstances for what they are, change your mindset, try to redirect it into something positive. When you were talking about the first example, for instance, uh, that could apply whether they're coming into your open door and complaining about a person, which is the example that you gave, it could be if they come in and they're complaining about a situation or that they or a deadline. It's okay. What can you do to 
and, and then turn it into something positive and, and help them to help themselves figure out how to still get it done with what they realistically have. So it's, it's about it. turning the turning the conversation around. So we have we have the open door policy. We have the treating everybody equitably, equitably slash playing favorites. What are some other leadership practices that again you're, they're very commonly taught and heralded even yet when it comes to reality in the workplace they just aren't doing us any favors actually. Yeah, they don't work. One of the things I think, I don't know that it's taught this way, but it's definitely misinterpreted. In you know, being compassionate and loving to your employees is a great thing. But many managers practice sympathy rather than empathy. What do you and mean? There's, there's a big difference. So sympathy is when I hear your pain and then I go on to agree with you that we're all innocent victims and I collude with you that my life is hard too and I agree that we're victims of our circumstances. And empathy is when I hear your pain and then I call you to greatness. So if somebody comes to me and they said, you know, I've been moved three times in the last year, and I'm suffering. I can't even get my office set up. What about my engagement? What about me? Sympathy would be, I would say, oh, my gosh, I know these jobs have gotten so big and complex. It's horrible. It's so hard. I feel so bad for you. You should see how many times they moved me. Mm-hmm. They're crazy on top. Empathy is to say, you know, I totally get that you are suffering right now because you get moved a lot. But what I'm wondering is what could you develop in next to be ready for a very mobile way of working? And it's calling people up to greatness. I hear you're suffering, but the source of your pain is not the fact you get moved a lot. It's that you haven't yet gotten mobile. So can you get tech savvy? Can you work Virtually, can you get to the point that when we call you to move offices, we say, what are you doing next week? And you say, what are you doing in 10 minutes? <laughs> so the pain doesn't come from being moved. It comes from being um, not being mobile. Right. And empathy is helping you understand that what's ever painful in your life is about what you need to develop in next. How can you grow beyond this and become bulletproof? Okay, yes. So it's about quit spending so much time on why things won't work, whether it's a person, a circumstance, a lack of a resource, a deadline, whatever it is, and instead focus on how it can work. That is that is the key. And if you can master that, as you say, you can become bulletproof. You can learn to to accept and accomplish just about anything. Now, you bet. Are, and what leaders owe their employees is to quit letting them off the hook ah, and agreeing with them. Mm-hmm. that the circumstances are the problem, and instead call them to greatness. And that's the mistake most leaders make. Absolutely. So let's, I want to talk about one more thing today uh, before we, we need to uh, bring Cece on, and that is a lot of our listeners are small business owners out there, and many small business owners start their companies after learning how to do something really, really well in corporate America. I mean, this is one path to business ownership, and they think, I can do this better on my own. I can get rid of many of the circumstances you just talked about, and I, yeah. can, I can do it better. And then they get into their own business, and it starts to grow, and they have to hire people. 
And they find out that, first of all, they're ill-prepared to manage because what they were was perhaps a technician within the company, learned how to do something really, really well, manufacture a product or something like that. And now they're suddenly managing people, and they realize that all of those things that they thought that they were leaving, just they're still there. So what advice would you give someone who is leaving another, well, a larger corporation to start a small business and perhaps isn't prepared uh, from a leadership standpoint, once they need to start bringing employees on, what would you say to them so that they can put their best foot forward in that new position and help that transition? You know, um, you are so insightful because most people get success because of their technical competencies. Mm-hmm. And when they go into businesses of their own, they have this fantasy that I'm going to start a business okay. and it won't be like this. But the reality is is that whatever lesson you're faced with follows you. You can't escape it. And most of us have been um, – overusing our technical skills. We overmanage when we get into businesses of our own. We try and, you know, fix things for people and we jump in and we don't delegate and we overmanage. And when we overmanage, we are underleading and when we underlead we have to micromanage and overmanage more. So my best advice to folks, one is take advantage of all the incredible leadership opportunities like the Lyceum Conference and other conferences that are out there. And really Really work on your own issues of control and ego and um, ways in which you judge others, your own drama. And the first three chapters of my book talk exactly um, about how to do that. And then really focus on leading and developing and calling people up to greatness. And if you're the technical expert, then get somebody else in there to help you with getting the hearts and minds of people because so many people leave organizations because of the drama and they are in denial that they were part of creating that drama that they were in. So there's no way to escape working on our own stuff, figuring out our own stories and and really stepping up and working on ourselves first and then helping our teams to really create that environment we all want to work in. So true. Sai, thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your time today. And obviously, for those of you who are listening who are not in the Kansas City area, but you're eager to hear more about this uh, particular type of model that she's talking about, the reality-based leadership, where can they get your book, Sai? You know, it's easy. Go to realitybasedleadership.com and uh, any outlet. The Reality Based Leadership book has been selling well. We also have some exciting news that April 30th, we have a new book out called Reality Based Rules of the Workplace. Uh-huh. Is the book for every single employee. They can pre-order that on Amazon.com or on our website. And if they pre-order on our website, they get a wonderful 12-month coaching series directly from me to their email each month. Oh, what a nice little benefit there. So realitybasedleadership.com, you can go out there and you can order both of Sai's books. You can order her current one as well as pre-order the one that's coming out on April the 30th. And then if you are in the Kansas City area, make sure that you get registered for the Women's Lyceum that the Central Exchange is presenting. Sai is going to be speaking at that event, and you'll learn a lot from her. If you think that she gave us some pointers here, well, you'll get to hear a couple of hours of <laughs> of, of this kind of leadership training and more in-depth approach. So hopefully you can join us. Thank you so much again, Sai. Oh, thank you. 
Our next guest today, as I mentioned earlier, is C.C. Rojas. C.C. is the president and CEO of the Central Exchange in Kansas City, and she is behind the Women's Lyceum and the great event that that is going to be here in Kansas City on April the 30th. And she's here to talk with us a little bit about what attendees of the Lyceum can expect. Welcome to the show today, C.C. Thank you very much, Kelly. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, and the reason that we're here today is to talk about a very important event that's coming up here later in April. It's the Women's Lyceum, and if you would, tell us a little bit about what the Lyceum is and and why it got started and has continued on an annual basis. Well, sure. This is our 11th annual, and it's our, our Leadership Lyceum, obviously presented by the Central Exchange. Uh, and it was started, you know, quite frankly, because it, we felt um, that there had, that there was a void uh, in programming for um, professional for women in business, uh, on a, for in, particularly in the area of leadership development. So most of the tracks are geared at, uh, you know, women who are um, in, you know, mid management or in senior management within organizations or or, or entrepreneurs. Um, and, you know, learning a little bit more about uh, leadership development and how um, varying degrees of, you know, how you learn about leadership, how it apply it in your business or in, or in your career path, um, you know, will, will uh, further you and your goals. Exactly. Now, this is the 11th annual. Tell us when it's going to be held. It will be held April 30th at the, the Overland Park Convention Center. It's a full day of programming, uh, so beginning at 8, and, you know, we don't end until about 5.30, so it's literally a full day of programming. Yeah, it's it's really – it's an investment of a time of your time that you bring back so much more. I've attended several of these uh, Lyceum events, and there's so much takeaway value. Tell us a little bit about – what we're going to see at the 11th annual on April the 30th. Who, who's going to be in the house, and what are the different tracks? Well, sure. Well, first of all, we have about oh, we're, we will have about 800 people in attendance. So it will be one of our best attended events in our 11-year history. So we're excited about the diversity of people that will be there too, in terms of um, you know age and and where they're at professionally uh, and, and personally. So uh, we have three keynote speakers that will be there. It's plenary style. And um, our first is Chris McChesney, and he is an author uh, of the four um, disciplines of execution. It's a Frank, it's a Franklin Covey um, uh, global. He's a practice, uh, rather, he's a uh, a global leader for Franklin Covey, and um, he has uh, a couple of national bestsellers. So he will be one of our keynote speakers. Like Aaron Breeze will be um, the uh, middle, if you will, uh, keynote address. And she has also authored a book, The Next Level of Intelligence for 21st Century Leaders. Um, and then she's also the author of The Next IQ. And it really, um, that book highlights the importance of transforming leadership uh, from being one rooted in individual expertise to being formed um, and, for, and really to look at, the, look at it from diverse perspectives. And the third is Cy Wakeman, who wrote, another author who wrote Reality-Based Rules for the Workplace. So we have a very, very full day of programming. There's also a senior leader track. So for those individuals who attend that are considered senior senior leaders, so the C-suite or, or um, you know, CEOs of nonprofit uh, organizations, or of course uh, large-scale entrepreneurs, there's a separate track for them. Okay, and when you say plenary style, there's not going to be. I mean, in past years, you've had a format where there were breakout sessions and. You, you know, you would divide up into smaller groups. But this year, as I understand it, everybody will be in the same room to listen to all three of these speakers, and so there will be 
the additional advantage of being able to network within that room. Right. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And and that that's a value I think sometimes people overlook in some of these events is that it's not only the takeaway that you get from the keynote speakers and presenters, but the networking uh affords you the opportunity to establish relationships, meet new people, make new contacts, or reestablish uh, people that you've already met before, and I, it's funny. I go to these things, and I always come back and say, "Well, that's three meetings I don't have to go to now because you meet, absolutely you meet people in the hallways or you know in in other uh, fashions, and you you get to reconnect. So it's, that's a great opportunity for that. And as I understand it, you're also going to have some uh, booths uh, that people can visit as well. Yeah, we do. We, we typically will we'll have uh, obviously our, our sponsors for the day. They will have. Uh, exhibit uh, exhibit booths um, for products and services that would you know, that I think that would be uh, relevant to the attendees, and we will also have a few of our um, uh, media partners that will be highlighted, um, and of course they will also have some large scale uh, some of our entrepreneurs. So we we it will be definitely a full day, um, and with lots of opportunity to interact with both the sponsors, the exhibitors, and then of course with each other. Absolutely. Now, how does the day wind down? It's always fun. It is, yeah. We, uh, it winds down with a nice um, reception. Uh, so it's, you know, some nice hors d'oeuvres and, of course, some adult beverages. This year we have a signature adult beverage. Oh, how fun. Um, it's some kind of a martini. I'm not quite sure what it is yet. I just know it's it's uh, will be um, a lot of fun. And so I, I think it's, you know, people, but it's, but, you know, by the time you've gone through three very, very, um, impactful keynote speakers, everybody's ready for uh, to unwind with with an adult yes. beverage. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and another another opportunity too for people to talk about and share what they've learned with each other and establish some new connections at the uh, the reception at the end of the day. So for people who are interested in attending this event, where can they go to get even more details and find out how to register? Well, sure, absolutely. They can, they can go one of two ways. They can just go directly to the, the Central Exchange website, which is www.centralexchange.org, or they could go directly to the um, to our website for the Lyceum, which is 2013lyceum.com. Okay, so those are the two places that you can go. Is there a cutoff date for registrations? Actually, we, we there there's not. I mean, you you would literally be able to to register up until the 29th, the day before. Okay, so go out to centralexchange.org is one of the, the websites you can go out to to get signed up for this. It is a great day. Three nationally known keynote speakers, great networking, some sponsor booths. You might find a new person to do some business with there. And then, of course, the evening reception where you can, as uh, CC says, have some adult beverages, some heavy hors d'oeuvres, and just really process with the other attendees what went on during the day. Now, again, why is it important that women attend this? What I mean, there's there's a lot of things out there that we can all attend as business owners, but this in particular, why should we plan to make this part of our April 30th? Well, I think because it's an investment in you, it's an investment in each individual and uh, in their professional or personal career development path. I mean, everybody has a different path. But I think that the, this this particular day is filled with many tools that you can very easily apply, and it's very you know it, it's a it's a minimal investment in in you and how you and how you are growing personally and professionally. 
Absolutely. Pay dividends for uh, many, many years to come. Tell us again the the date, the time, and the place. April 30th, It's uh, and it's on a Tuesday. It's at the Overland Park Convention Center in Overland Park, Kansas. And the day starts at about 8 o'clock. Um, but uh, you can come early in network because there will be people there from at 7 o'clock, you know, with continental um, breakfast ready to, to network and go to the first session. Yes, all those early birds. So mm-hmm. thank you so much, Cece. Uh, we hope that you have a great event, and we're going to be out there. We hope to see all of you out there as well. And thank you so much for your time to come on today. Thank you. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.